very good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Sean. This is Alex. And you're listening to another episode of Coaster Kings, Kings Radio. Radio. And today's episode is a continuation of last week's episode, where we started talking all things Tacoma, and that ended up being way more information than we had previously imagined. So now we're following up with part two. Uh, last week we talked about how Tacoma came to be, we talked about some junior coasters, family coasters, wooden coasters, my train, flying coaster, custom projects flat rides they did and now we're continuing with mostly slash only coaster talk yeah um because we have so much more of the coaster lineup to discuss uh, you know, the coastal products and since we are a primarily roller coaster and theme park well i guess we're both but today we're just going to be a coaster podcast today it's a coaster podcast today it's coaster podcast so uh, for anyone listening that had listened last week you are best off if you want to follow along and look at some <laughs> of the layouts and all the kind of good stuff. Joining us on RCDB, if you go to the Facoma page, there is a long um, list of all these products. We're not going to go in any particular order um, because we have some rights that we have combined into a single section of the episode is where they are perhaps listed or indexed differently on RCDB. Uh, but that is a good place to kind of look around as long as you are able to see, you know, the ghost of lay- layouts and stuff because I think some of these rides you may not necessarily know the layout of, especially because there's new generation Facoma models that they have. Those are some really cool layouts, but mm-hmm. you may not be familiar with them. Having said that, at this point, you should have had enough time to pull up RCDB, so we're going to continue. <laughs> um, and we're going to continue with the LSM coaster, and uh, we're going to start with the... Fave. With the Fave. There's we only three of these, these in the world, and technically speaking, they're clones, but one is technically a little bit longer than the other. So we're going to start with the shorter one, which is 996. Six meters, which is the Express Platform 13 version of the Vacoma LSM coaster. And um, the reason that it's slightly shorter, I mean, I'm talking, what is it, 17 meters shorter? Yeah. I don't much. exactly know what, where differences. It may have to do with longer brake runs because there is, oh, the ride at Wallaby Holland was ever only designed to run two trains, as where well, the Disney ones can run four trains. Um, so maybe it has to do with like slightly longer brake runs and launch launch track. They still show, even though the model is shown as the 1,000 plus meter version of the ride. Roller coaster database still shows it as being 999 or 996 very fast meters, and it's so it's not very consistent. But all right, well either way, there's case, two versions. Um, it's, the Disney it's, version, I'm sure most of roller coaster database actually contradicts themselves, but we're pretty sure that the the um, Wallaby Holland one is just a tad shorter. I think it has to do. I had read somewhere. In fact, I think Roller Coaster Database had pointed that pointed out that the reason for the slight differences in Rock and Roller Coaster versus Express is because Express has some tighter clearances and stuff. It travels the layout a little more slowly than the other coasters because the trains are lighter because it doesn't have onboard audio. Nowadays, onboard audio is really lightweight, but back in the 90s, like when Rock and Roller Coaster and, and Orlando first opened, like Sobot, um, the onboard audio systems were very heavy and added a ton of weight to the train, which is like you'll remember when Six Flags dabbled in adding onboard audio to their coasters, they had to take passenger seats out of their existing roller coaster trains to accommodate the uh, Sobot Um but yeah, it has something to do with the fact that the trains were always going to be more lightweight for Express, and they could like do it a little more snugly. All that extra 
17 meters or whatever is actually dispersed all around the ride, if I'm not mistaken. It's not like just added and subtracted from the launch. Well, then it seems like way much, way more work to redesign. I know. That's what I Maybe it's just the launch deck and the brake runs. Maybe. But I heard that it was like the way that some of the curves and stuff, like the big fan turn after the Sea Serpent was shaped different. Like it was a little bit more snug. I actually got the meters wrong. It's a a 1,037 meter. I wrote it on wrong in the model. Okay. But it's um, 1,037 meters. So it is a significant almost 40 meters longer. Um, but the question is still... It could be the brake runs. Where like, I guess 40 meters isn't very isn't It very could much. be related to, like, the extra block space that they needed for, like... So that they could conceivably hold, like, two trains in the brake run at once for the Disney models or something like that. Yeah, it may very well have to do with it. Anywho, uh, rides itself... I love um, these rides. They're all three <laughs> very different. Of course, Express being outside over the water is cool. Um, it runs a little slower than the other ones, but I think also a little smoother, perhaps. Um, and then I think my favorite of the three currently is Flight Force um, Avengers Assemble, because it just runs so fast, and I like the show building, how dark it is inside. And the Rock and Roller Coaster, well, very neat, and I like the upgrades they gave it with the magnetic braking like they did for Flight Force. Um, I'm still not the biggest fan of the cheap cutouts that they just light up. The music on the trains is kind of weak. Um, so currently my favorite of that is... Uh, the, the audio is, volume, is not the audio itself. Oh, yeah, yeah. We love we love Aerosmith so No, I'm much. talking about the quality. But, like, yeah. it's not very loud. It should be louder. Uh, but all of this was actually a reaction to the original LSM coaster. Well, it's not actually LSM, which is my fault. Um, yeah. <laughs> the original launch coaster from Vacoma, which was a Vacoma Disney project. Um, and that is, of course... Um, Our beloved... Hyperspace... uh, Yeah, Star Wars Hyperspace Bound at Disneyland Paris originally opened as, it was planned to be opened as Discovery Mountain and then was renamed Space Mountain de la Terre à la Lune and then Space Mountain Mission 2. Long story short, Disney and Vacoma had a real cool thing going where a lot of, lot of money built the most expensive roller coaster in the world, launching you uphill through a cannon and then having a honestly fantastic looper following it. Um, I can't believe how incredible the actual layout is. I think it's one of my favorite coastal layouts in the world. It is a great layout and so quirky. And it just never gets old. We've ridden it countless times. Countless, countless times. And I just never get I never get tired of it. It always it makes the it makes rock and roller coaster seem like very straightforward in its approach. But um I would say that while the streamlined nature of rock and roller coaster slash Avengers is appreciated like there's a reason why both of these coasters are in the paris resort because even though they're similar on paper you know modern vacoma well quasi modern vacoma launch roller coaster with three inversions even though these rides have a lot in common on paper they're very different um in reality and space mountain has just it's just it's just so wonderfully weird like the choices that they made where you just take off first thing you do is just a giant we call it the carousel helix it's just a big loop around the show building they just like enjoy the speed and space, and before you dive down into into the sidewinder, you know that kind of stuff. Um, something about this ride that I don't think people appreciate as much now. Well, I guess a couple of things. First of all, it was the most expensive roller coaster ever built when it opened. Adjusted for inflation, the ride cost uh, it was about ninety million dollars in nineteen ninety. 
$5 and adjusted for inflation, that's about $165 million in today's money. And this was really the birth of the modern launch coaster because prior to this ride, the only launch roller coasters that existed really were Schwarzkopf's various flywheel and weight drop model launch coasters and aerodynamics and their flywheel launched um, very like low tech, low power, but like efficient and cost effective um, shuttle loop models. So this is really like what ushered in the modern launch coaster. And now like launch coasters are so ubiquitous that like it used to be that like you would specify a coaster as a launch coaster. And now like at least in Orlando from where we are, Roller coasters that open in Orlando now seem to always be launch coasters, unless otherwise specified. Yeah, I think so. Like, too, and yeah. the whole thing has flipped. Because with, with, like, themed roller coasters and stuff, it's easier to tell a story with a launch coaster. Incorporating a lift hill into the storytelling component of a ride is a little tougher than, like, having your roller coaster just take off, which Disney has taken full advantage of that, and Universal as well. I mean, Epic, Epic Universe is a great example. They're building five roller coasters, and all five of them are launch coasters. Um, really it's like all kitty coasters seem to be kind of the final vestige of Disney and Universal doing traditional lift hills because they're just a a little bit less intimidating. But now with like family launch coasters becoming so popular, I think maybe the lift hill will be a thing of the past in places like Orlando and like Disneyland Paris and whatnot. Um, but yeah, fabulous ride, just absolutely bay, just the best. Yeah, for those that aren't super familiar with the layout, um, because it is such an untraditional layout, of course, there's a lot of uh, show elements built into the layout itself, which I find nice on a Disney coaster, but it doesn't seem to take away from this experience. Um, So you start off being loaded into the cannon, um, which is um, a pretty fast start out of the station and like a drop into into the lift hill, a pretty significant drop actually, more than you would suspect I think. Yeah. And then you sit there and then you know you have your little story and then you have the flywheel launch which is quite intense. Even though from the outside it may not look very fast. You have people comment saying like, Oh, it doesn't look like it goes all that fast, I don't get the hype, you know. But by the time you see it come out of the cannon, it's already launched quite a bit. Like it's already reaching the top of the mountain. It starts on the ground. Um so don't let that fool you. And then when you go inside the show building, um you have a gorgeous giant turn around the entire show building. It's just almost like you get it's obviously it's dark, but it's, it's unique to have such a long, giant, high-speed turn. You should dive into it. And you have a lot of speed at this point already. And then you do that giant turn around the show building before you dive down. And you have your sidewinder. And the sidewinder is kind of suspended in the middle of the ride. Because the ride, despite looking like a mountain, it's quite far underground. So it's actually almost like a cylinder in which it's built on the inside. So the first element and the last elements are honestly quite far from each other in, in, in height and distance. Um, and so after you have your sidewinder, you have a mid-course break run, and that's followed by um, like a wavy drop down into a beautiful corkscrew, like continuous roll, with lots of cool effects in, in, in the corkscrew. After which you make a turn into another lift hill, and this is a tire-driven lift hill. Um, about half, it brings you about halfway up to the show building's height again, and you've got a, a show scene of a, a discus star destroyer being blown up, uh, followed by quite a steep. Twisting drop all the way to about the bottom of the ride's layout, um, which is followed by a, a, another drop. Actually, it was like a double drop. Yeah, and yeah. And then you have a tongue, which is, you know, like a half corkscrew and then a half corkscrew in the opposite direction out again. Um, kind, of, kind of unique elements. Feels kind of weird, um, but I don't know. I love the, uh, love the elements. Followed by another giant helix that goes even further down. 
into very the basement. fast <laughs> into the basement because at that point you're in a concrete you're yeah, in a concrete, concrete tunnel trough. and then you uh, you know this is also where they have a bunch of lights projecting to kind of imitate jumping uh, you know to hyperspeed again to uh, to come back to earth and then you hit the break run pretty fast pretty intense but I think overall this ride is just it's just awesome it's baller it's it's a kick-ass layout and it doesn't feel like any other coaster out there. I think it's what I like about it so much. It doesn't really feel like a production model. It doesn't feel like anyone would do it like that yeah. again. Because it doesn't feel very cookie-cutter. It's, it's totally, most, truly one of a kind. Yeah, because if you ride stuff like the Space Mountain in uh, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Anaheim, it feels very cookie-cutter. Or you ride, of course, the LSM coasters. You can really tell that those are probably just production Even models. Tron, like they're like, meant to be like Rides that. that have been designed for maximum application potential. Uh, and Tron's our favorite coaster. We love it, but it's still very straightforward and kind of safe compared to the risks that they took uh, with Space Mountain in Paris. And I know for a lot of people right now, they're they're exhausted by the Space Mountain overlay on the ride. I think it's a really, as far as overlays go, it's really good. I think people would have appreciated it more if it hadn't lasted for so long, but it will inevitably be swapped out for another thing. All the hyperspace so, layovers, this one works the best, that's for sure. Yeah. But yeah, marvelous ride. We can talk about it all day. We've talked about it in many podcasts. <laughs> We're going to practice some restraint and continue. <laughs> and then, uh, this kind of ushers in the conversation of the MK1200 series, because despite them not being listed as such an RCDB, um, they are very much kind of part of the same product line. Similar, it's not the same track system. And same trains, um, similar trains. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to continue with the MK1200 product line, which are more of like the classic Vacoma loopers, which Vacoma has always been a queen, a king, whatever you want to call it, of production models. And so MK1200 is, is no different. It has uh, an array of production models, including the Corsu with the Bayern curve, which is probably the most um, most cloned that they've had and also most relocated. Um, for those, oh, let me see, a couple of, ones that people would know would be the Alton Towers course crew, which of course was still iconically displayed at the park's entrance right now. Um, but that ride is a production model. And then uh, the Super Verbal at Holiday Park in Germany. I wrote that also one. one. <laughs> and then um, Super Manège in La Ronde is one, or was one, I should say. Uh, Belo Carrero World has one, Star Mountain, which actually has the new Vacoma MK12 12 trains. And then Move Park Germany in its previous age even had yeah. one. There's, There's a lots lot of them out there. Well, the Belgium RCT yeah. two had one. Yeah. Um, no, at Six Flags Belgium. Um, there's one. Flamingoland had one. There's still one at um, near where my aunt used to live in uh, the south of France. Uh, I believe it's Euro Park. So um, there's actually quite a few of these out there. There were only and only two ever operated in the United States. And they were very short-lived. Oh, uh, by the way, speaking. I stand corrected about the Euro Park one. That's the uh, the double loop, double corkscrew model. Uh, okay. um, anyway, which we'll discuss <laughs> next, I guess. So the double corkscrew, um, double loop model, um, also pretty famous, mostly I think for for Piton, which is um, uh, Efteling in Netherlands, it was a pretty legendary coaster at the time. It was built. It was, I think, the biggest steel coaster in Europe, and. Um, has just like a cult following in Europe, I think, well, the Netherlands mostly. It's just a kind of an iconic ride for the country. For many years, that was like the biggest and baddest roller coaster that there was. 
Um, people that may have gone to Gardaland are familiar with that. They have a clone, Shaman. Both of them also operate the new MK1212 trains. And we're referencing the trains several times. These are the trains with the Vestris trains. So Hyperspace Mountain and Paris has them too. The hydraulic Vestris trains make some of these older Vacomas a lot more comfortable. Because that's not lie. It's not like the MK1200s were ever that comfortable. Um, let's see. What else do we have? So there's This layout um, also, this double loop, double cork. If you've ridden like... Carolina Cyclone at Carowinds was the first roller coaster to have this layout. And Vacoma was really credited with taking this layout, which was at the time was a custom build for Carowinds and repackaging it as an off the shelf model that would be attractive to several perspective parks. And Arrow also built a couple of, of clones of it too. Like the um, rolling X train at Everland is a clone of this model from Arrow. Um, but yeah, both companies prolifically peppered this double loop, double cork layout. You'll even find a, a version of it at the Grand Slam Canyon in uh, Las Vegas or Avenger Dome. They call it Avenger Dome now. Yes. Um, and then <laughs> within, within the MK1200 line, um, Vacoma got this really grand idea to start building modern loopers or then modern loopers for a small parts so of small blueprints, and they did very well. Um, I think all things considered, because the Tornado, Whirlwind, and Hurricane models, which obviously are all storm-themed uh, names, um, so sold cute. pretty well to, to smaller parks. So mm-hmm. we'll start off with the Tornado, which is a um, uh, a tiny model that has a kind of like a like a turn drop, like a, like a giant turn uh, into a vertical loop, then a kind of a higher turn followed by a course shoe, not a turn in the brake run. It's incredibly simple. But very effective, and um, I was raised on one of these, um, Tornado, which is now um, Balagos, at Avatar Park Calendorn, yep. Uh, which is funny enough, I drove by that like two days ago. Um, these rides are so short, and yet they're, they're so substantial. Short. Like, they're, I mean, they're about, they're only marginally longer than like a boomerang, but you get a lot, and um, they have great capacity for rides that are so small, because the, 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 um, the tornado is basically just the looping version of the whirlwind. Whirlwind sold more units, but it's a more basic ride with just two corkscrews. Yeah, I think the tornado is nice because it has both a vertical loop and it has a corkscrew. Um, which, but again, there's only three of them built. So you have Balagos, uh, the Flying Flame, and after by Calendorn, you have Tornado at Tokyo Summerland, and then you have Lupin at. Um, Wow, I did not write down the Tusa name. Fried. There you go, Tusa Fried. Um But then, yeah, like Alex said, the whirlwind model was older and also... <laughs> Tusa Fried, the, the park in Norway and not in Finland, like I said it was in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I promise you, we're knowledgeable people, except we had so much in our They're hands. like, this park in Finland like, that I've been to and ridden little, the rollercoaster. And, and yeah. It's too bad. The, the tornado in Tokyo Summerland was retired at the end of 2022. We should have gone and ridden it when I know, we, were there. we were there, and we were gonna go ride. We it thought about going, going, but then we went to Disney Sea for another day, which, which like, I mean, like no yeah, regrets, no regrets. Um, and then we have the um, the whirlwind model, which is the same as the tornado, but then with two core screws. Uh, I think one of the big differences is that tornado crests the lift hill and then immediately goes into the drop because it needs that space for the vertical loop, which takes up more space, I think, like mm-hmm. um, than the core screw does, and it also goes down to the ground further. It's where the Tornado model, I mean, the um, the Whirlwind model, they have a slight turn uh, on top of the lift hill, followed by a shallower drop. Like, the drop really isn't that significant compared to Tornado. Tornado really goes to the ground, 
But just because it needs that height to fit a vertical loop in yeah. there, it needs all of the height for that drop. Um, but the core shoe, you know, is a much much less tall element, and it didn't need that whole height for it. So you can clearly see when you look at a, um, a photo, for example, a, a Speed Snake Free at uh, Fort Fun, that the drop is really not that big, and then you have a pretty suspended corkscrew followed by another overbank turn, or bank turn really, into another suspended corkscrew, and then a turn into the brake run, which then crosses underneath the corkscrew. Like it's pretty, it's a clever layout, that's for sure. Again, these parks are able to build multi-inversion looping coasters where there maybe wasn't a budget for that traditionally because these rides were just great solutions to that and. I think they still hold up pretty good. They're kind of rough. I but rode, most of them have like. You've written Speed new Snake, tricks. right? Obviously. I wrote Speed Snake when it was still. Um, when it was still the, its previous the name. Regular trains. It was still, yeah, Vilbovins, yeah, which is such a traditional name. I wrote the one <laughs> at. Um, at uh, Bullskate Magico before it closed. I don't know where this model went. It came from Blubion Land, actually, where it was also called Vilbovind. I guess just the production model. Yeah, Revolvent, yeah. Production name was good. And Knobles had it also yes. in uh, Whirlwind. They, and that one is still open. That one's at, in Costa Rica. And then there's, there's, there's another one in Germany, actually pretty close to where I used to live. I've just never been. Flying Tiger at Safari Lounge Stuckenbrock. Um, um, I think that one closed. Oh, did, it recently, did it recently close? I think it just closed oh, no. for the new... Flying, spinning thing that they built. Yeah. Oh yeah, literally close to twenty twenty three. Oh yeah. Oh it d- yeah, they just demolished it like six months ago. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, there's only four of these running left, and the Rollercoaster Database says that the one in Saint Petersburg, Russia, is currently running. But that's question. There's no guarantees that it's actually running, so there's only three that we know for sure. Are also, running. what's really unique about these loopers is in order to make that shape work and to make them so small, their stations were all turns. Yeah, they all have elbows. So, when you are in their stations, you know, you board the train, but it's not like a straight station, which I kind of... Uh, that reminds like me that. fondly of Ninja at Magic Mountain. Oh, yeah. Little but this elbow is even more pronounced. But this is a very pronounced elbow. I remember riding the one in Tucson Freed and being like, wow, the station is like a piece of macaroni, like, with a very hard elbow in the middle. But yeah, I love these rides. Great and rides. then Vakoma also had the Hurricane, which for some magical reason is listed as a completely separate bottle on RCDP, but I'm pretty convinced, especially given it's also a storm name, it's also part of this MK1200 line, because it is just an MK1200. Yeah. Um, and there was um, two ever built of them, and only one is still in operation. Um, the one that's still in operation is Comet at Valigator Granes, which is located in the north of France, uh, not too far from the German border. And um, the one that most people listening are probably familiar with is the uh, Jester and the Joker's <laughs> Revenge from the Six Flags New Orleans and Six Flags Fiesta Texas timeline. Um, you know, it was first opened at Fiesta Texas, or um, that's where it first appeared within the Six Flags chain, and then they yeah. moved to Six Flags New Orleans the, as part of the of, of that opening. The Fiesta Texas model was purchased by Opryland USA, their old, the original park operator. Um, right before Six Flags took it over, and Six Flags didn't really want the ride, apparently, because it was just a very basic model, so they their goal was to, to, to like, kind of zhuzh it up a little. For, so they ran it, it backwards. It, it yeah. makes sense, because, like, this was peak Time Warner era, and Time Warner was big on spending money and building major... Well, it's funny you mention that, because the queue for this thing was, like, one of the biggest, like, the best-themed queue secrets ever had, yeah. you know, the whole funhouse for it. And turning the trains yeah. backwards was actually a really smart move because 
it, it's easy to forget that this, this ride actually operated concurrently with Superman Krypton Coaster, Poltergeist, and a Vacoma Boomerang. This park actually had, like, four different sit-down looping coasters, but they all had a different, like, gimmick. And it's honestly kind of funny to me, because MFS Texas sent this ride to New Orleans, and New Orleans died, and they sent the New Orleans invert to uh, yeah. MFS Texas. Yeah, they actually <laughs> ended up swapped. They exchanged. In a way, they exchanged it out for a B&M invert. Jester looked cute. And they And they continued the backwards I think gimmick. Jester was a good fit and for Jester, too, because they had the boomerang. So they were like, all right, let's give this one the same gimmick of, like, doing a completely backwards coaster. Um... And yeah, it ended up being such a short-lived little in- a little engagement. Just like three summers at Six Flags New Orleans. But, um, it kind of makes sense why they didn't sell a whole lot of them because it's a pretty sizable model that didn't quite fulfill the whirlwind and tornado plot it, promises. It takes up a lot of space. But it didn't also do a whole lot more. Anything, There's a lot so. of infield. It was just, yeah. So, which Great I think... Great to build a queue inside yeah. of it. If I'm not mistaken, the one at Wally got her, like... Filled the infield in with like landscaping. Well, the Valdegata has like a giant, like it's like an art installation. It looks like it looks like a rocket launch, like a decoration in the like middle. A, yeah, like a decorative rocket space. launch. And um, yeah, they built cute. There's a lot of trees in the infield. Like the Valdegata one looks like. Yeah, the infield is, is just like a little forest with a, with a giant art installation. I love the this, queue. this picture of the one when it was at Fiesta Texas. You can see Superman in the foreground and like the giant infield. And the transfer track that was like way off to the side, <laughs> like facing off of the uh, off the main drag of the coaster. It was sort of like it reminded me a lot of like the the, the Bayern Curve. Yeah, exactly. It was almost screw, like the but with a vertical follow up of the Bayern Curve yeah. and having the helix after the hurricane was to the Bayern Curve corkscrew as tornado was to the whirlwind, more or less. More or less. <laughs> and of course, then there's like a, a large variety of custom ones. And I'm not just talking about the, the Disney uh, Land Paris one. Because, again, I still kind of feel it's MK1200. Um, but then there's custom ones. Uh, some are kind of traditional, like Big Loop at Hyde Park. Yeah, that one was... It's custom, but it's just a double core double of loop. Cust- but it's kind yeah. of like an, like a, like an oblong layout that just changed It's just it. um, Dragonfire at Canada's Wonderland. But then, if you look at rides like the Black Hole Express at uh, Kumdori Land in South Korea, well, that's uh, there's that a particular ride, ride that was incredible. so high on the bucket list, and I can cry hot tears that it's no longer around. Um, but it also even had those traditional MK twelve hundred trains, you know, like the really like the rock and roller coaster trains, like the yeah. wide trains. Um, but yeah, the vertical loops on that, that thing ride were massive. Was a beast. Oh my god, that thing I'm was so. Look, it, do yourself a favor and look at pictures of Black Hole Express. So sad as close. And then it's like a hyper. And then look at her. pictures of Fantasia Special, which opened nearby the same year. And yeah, yeah, the Aerodynamics. And now you know, and that's like this is it's like the difference between what Vacoma was doing and what Arrow was doing. Same year, like, same market. It, it, it all, just it looks just, like it was just way higher quality and way sturdier, for example. If you look at French Revolution at Lottie World, same thing. Beefy, yeah. Uh, just funny because you can really sense that South Korea had like had like a looper age where they were building yeah. all these loopers all at oh, once. Yeah. Uh, and then for uh, close to home for our American listeners, we have Blue Hawk at Six Flags Over Georgia, um, and which of course opened... Our favorite roller coaster at Six Flags exactly, Over Georgia. Exactly, opened in Wildwood, New Jersey, and that was relocated from the pier to... Took us over Georgia's Ninja, and now it's Blue Hawk with the new MK12 trains. That ride participated in a pissing contest between Hunt's Pier and, and Maury and um, Maury's Piers, because Maury's had opened the the Boomerang, the Sea Serpent, 
And Hans was like, well, we're going to build an even bigger Vacoma Looper. And, <laughs> and then Maurice Pierce ended up at that place. It only lasted a year or two. Because they were, they were like, we want to build this big looper. They were competing not only with Maurice Pierce, but they were trying to draw people from Great Adventure also because they opened Grand American Scream Machine. Well, I will say Kamikaze, which is now Blue Hawk, was a really modern looper. Like, it was it layout-wise, was so cool. it was way cool. Even though it was not as big and grand as Great American Scream Machine, just the shape of it and, and, the, and the layout of it was way more unique and, yeah. and much more modern. And the same goes for Hooterix and... At Paragastric, I always forget that Hooterix is as old as it is mm-hmm. because it opened before Viper at Magic Mountain. Mm-hmm. Like, it's literally an older ride than Viper at Magic Mountain. But when you look at the two side by side, which I find Viper and Hooterix very similar in their, like, importance, you know, like, yeah, they're really massive. And their reverence bloopers. and scope. But then, like, oh my god, what Viper was doing now feels, like, so outdated. It's where Hooterix, the older coaster, literally had. You know, way more unique elements, better layouts. I just think overall, Hooterix or Hooterix is just a better coaster. It's uh, crazy writing really, Hooterix really cool and thinking to yourself, like, I mean, it's it's an ass kicker. It's definitely a, an intense ride. And I think MK12s would, like, do that ride a world of good, even as someone who loves the ride exactly the way it is. But it feels like that ride was so ahead of its time, like absolutely a quantum leap ahead of like Arrow's approach to the seven inversion looper to the point where like Viper feels like it's as old as it is. And Guldrix does not. Guldrix, you know, you could reprofile that ride and put some modern trains on it and you could sell it right now. To a park, and it would be. No, I need. I need. Uh, it would be again, a, it, MK12 yeah. Trains, yeah, that'd be Like you could basically clone Guldrix, and it would be a modern enough, marketable enough ride for any park that doesn't already have like a giant looper. But you couldn't really say the same about Viper. <laughs> it's a little too apparent that there was some 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 boxes that Arrow was not capable of. Thinking outside I think especially, of the like, doing the custom stuff is really where Vekoma here with the MK1200 outshine Arrow. Because, again, Arrow had to paste the exact same elements back-to-back. and could hardly make a connection that wasn't, like, a weirdly tilted off piece of track. That's where Vekoma is over here stumping out, like we mentioned, Black Hawk Splash, Blue Hawk, uh, Millennium even, at Fantasy oh, yeah. Island. Which is also a really cool example. custom level. And they're just, like, flowing... Gorgeous layout and those different the, sizes the of loops and different bed. sizes of elements. The double spine yeah. track bed that they use to uh, to accomplish the butterfly elements. Vacoma could always you could rely on Vacoma building a coaster once, and it was pretty much good to go until it was time for like long term maintenance. But with Arrow, like you would think by the time they built Viper that they would have. Learned. I mean, yeah, think about it. Gooderix opened before Viper, but Gooderix didn't get its first um, track work until 2013. 13. Yeah. And then Viper, the first year, they had to replace the drop. Yeah. They had to replace all the tops of the loops. Yeah. They had to add a massive amount of supports to the yeah, turnaround. Yeah, they had to buttress the I mean, turnaround. Viper pretty much would like, have rebuilt Viper, after yeah. one season. Yeah, Viper needed probably millions of dollars of work after it opened. And this is after they'd already built two other giant loopers. I can understand. I can forgive the drop. Well, let's not forget the that the original looper, Shockwave, was an absolute maintenance nightmare. Yeah. It was just not repairable to the point that you had to close it. For 14 years. Like, that's all it. that it lasted. And I just, I can't believe that they didn't, by the time they built Viper, that they didn't know they needed to brace the tops of the loops. 
Like, they had already... I'm pretty sure they had already replaced the loops on Great American Screen Machine when they were building Viper, and they just didn't, and then had to do it the next year. Yeah, it's awful. Anyway. But yeah, it's a good show. It's a how-to-go-mo loop or just Anyway, there, don't... You know? Yeah, basically, the moral of the story is, is Gudrix is a fucking king, like, and... You know, it might punch you in the jaw a couple times, but, like, roll with it. It's an amazing ride. <laughs> and then uh, next up, we're moving away from the loopers for a second, uh-huh. which you're probably tired of hearing out about already. No uh, now we're moving in, which I think is really the big, better and better. That is originally. the one. It's That's the, the original Tacoma legend, I think. Yeah. Uh, but now we're moving into motorbike category, which we'll make that quick. There's two models. we got the 600-meter model. Um, which is only two of them. One we've written both. Well, I have written one of them because the other one I couldn't fit on. Sad story. Oh, is that the that's the Chimon? It's the bo- booster bike. It's Overland, the OG Fukuoka motorbike, yeah. right next to the factory. Um, and then a motorbike launch coaster at Chimon Paradise in um, Guang- Guangzhou and Ch- Guangdong, China. Chimon had like there's some weird restraint thing, extra on bracing it. on it, and I couldn't and, get like, my legs fit with his legs. Yeah. So I wrote it ran like funny because we wrote it, it right back to back too. I wrote we wrote the one in the spring and the one in the summer. Yeah. So like it wasn't like I had gained a million pounds. You didn't miss taller. much, and it wasn't even your way. It was your legs. There was, it was like yeah, it, it was, was your shins. There was just no room. But yeah, the one at Chimon didn't run very well. You didn't miss anything. And then there's a custom. There's a three custom ones, uh, including Velocity at Flamingo Land, which I think most people are familiar with. And then there's a motorbike roller coaster at Happy World in uh, Nanjing in Jiangsu, which we've been pretty close to that ride because we've been to Jiangsu. I remember before. really liking Velocity, uh, and that's a really big mall one. It's just like it just goes through a giant indoor theme park. It just has like no particular layout. Is that the one that has a lift hill? No. Oh, no, that one does not. It does launch. not. No, it just it launches still. But um, interesting choice. It works for them. Uh, I think it's kind of cool. I kind of want to write it down. I think about it. Oh, it does have a lift tool. Does it have a launch and a lift tool? I was going to say, one of these has a, has a lift tool. Because this looks like a launch to me. Oh, no, you know what? It is a launch, but it has kind of like Flamingo Land. They all have like the the first hill following yeah, it has like got catwalks. It doesn't actually, it doesn't actually, um, it doesn't actually have a lift tool. It, 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 it is a launch, yeah. Um, so that's cool. And then there's one uh, under construction right now at the Great Mall of China. I don't know if it's actually... It's in storage. It's not being built. Well, we'll see. They never finished the mystery to be age. Um, it's been in on. a box for like tw- almost... Oh my god, it's been... That ride has been waiting for assembly for almost 20 years. And before we <laughs> completely move on to mostly... And I say mostly because I want to finish with one particular kind of ride. But until we, before we continually move on with all of the completely new stuff, we're going to have to talk about the SLC because it's a spinet looping coaster, whether you like them or not, and chances are you do not really like them when you're listening to us. They are really important for the industry, I think. I think they were uh, really important for Vacoma. They're one of those legends because Vacoma has pumped out a lot of these. So there's a couple models. You have the original 662-meter prototype model, which Condor and Wallaby Holland and T3 now closed at Kentucky Kingdom were those models. Uh, but then there's 27 of the standard models, which is a 689 meter. There's 765 meter models with a bonus helix, which there's five of them. You have two extended 787 models. Sounds like an airplane. Then there's a 771 meter model, the Shenlin model, that has, there's two of those. And then there's two of those that have the extra helix. And then there's custom ones. So there's just a bunch of freaking SLCs out there. And I like some of them quite a bit, not going to lie. I think SLCs, I think layout-wise, the SLC is a really nice layout. I think it's a better layout than the Batman clone. But, of course, that is the way that they run and the way that they ride. That is 
not as good. And I think that's why people prefer to be in M1s. But I think I'm not the only one that I know that thinks that the layout of the Chrome One is just way better. So we'll start with the prototype real quick. Um, it's the original, hang and bang. They had to adjust the trains down, for example, at Wallaby Holland from 10 cars to 8 cars because it was just too rough. And then now it has these nice um, Vestor Train Freedom Flyer trains, so it runs a lot better, in my opinion. Um, layout is simple. It just has your slow-ass lift hill, mm-hmm. followed by a giant curved drop, a rollover, which is, I think, the signature elements of... This is pretty much the only ride that really does a rollover like that. And I think that's really, like, the SLC move, which I love about it. It's so picturesque. Oh, my God. The rollover from all these angles. Love that. Anyway, followed by, a uh, like, a bank turn into usually a, um, a sunken drop that goes a little bit below ground level, a sidewinder, followed by a helix into a double inline twist, followed by... In this case, a drop down to the ground and then into the brake run. And then the newer models, the, uh, the, the what we consider the standard model, uh, the 689, does something extra at the end. It's a bit of a bigger model. And the elements are a little more flowing. And at the end, instead of going underneath the final drop and then just kind of go the first drop and then going straight into the brake run, it actually curves over the first drop, which the first drop is steeper on this model. It, does like it has like a, like a little like a, like a swing, yeah. like a, almost like a swinging moment. Also, the like extra drop sidewinder on the updated model doesn't go quite as far down to the ground. The T two and right, con- the original condor, ones go really far down. Yeah. I love how your notes say condo. I know. I mean, but I think when we when I when we went to Kentucky Kingdom, we realized. Together, speaking of which, rest, rest in peace, T3. Kentucky Kingdom finally called it quits on that ride after years of, of fighting with the rolling stock and whatnot. They gave up on it. But um, that, what a legend. What a cool ride at the time. Um, but yeah, the, the Sidewinder comes really close to the ground on those first two models. Um, and then the 689 has seen, even though it's like the standard model, you can kind of tell when they were built or manufactured based on how the supports oh, yeah. look. These are the supports are all kind of very similar. You'll see on some older models like Kong, you'll see a different kind of support structure than on newer models. Like even MP Express, I think, is one of the first to start doing the new supports. Mm-hmm. So it, it does look a little bit different, but the layout is pretty much the exact same. So some examples, of course, be Kong at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom. You've got Ednor Latak at um, La Ronde. You have uh, Batman in Mexico, uh, Six Flags Mexico. You've got Gauntlet at... Um, why can I even think of the name? We just went here to Stamp Park. Magic Springs. Magic and Springs Mac. and Crystal Falls. That one. <laughs> um, you have Vampire um, slash Vampire at Wallaby, Belgium. Um, like I just said, MP Express, or now called Iron Claw, at Move Park, Germany. And the list just goes on and on and on and on. Like, you've probably written one, and you probably... I feel like people you know, like need all the to... Minor like, or, you, you just had to have been there, because, like... The, between the rollout of the product and the launch, like in the first two years, they sold 10 units of this ride in two years. Two of them were the prototypes, and then they built like six of the standard edition, and then they also built the one at Maury's Piers, and then they built, I think, one of the Helix ones. But That's I funny because this model is actually also quite popular in Japan. Like, you know how we mentioned very that South popular. Korea had like yeah. a little custom MK1200 face? Well, there is also like a like a Japanese um, SLC phase because they build uh, Fright Flight F2, they build Neo, they build Hurricane and Rizutsu, 
They just built like a bunch of these back to back in Japan. Three too. in nineteen ninety five. And then there's alone. Super Circuits. Well, that's what is that Neo? Neo is it's Blackout and Neo didn't say. No, um, well, Blackout oh, no. different. Uh, Black um, Blackout went to Betakeria World as Firewave, but that's super cool color scheme. Yeah, but yeah, the ones that opened there was um, it's Neo, Neo, yeah. uh, Neo. <laughs> <laughs> the Oh, Neo was actually one of the ones that opened later. There were three that opened in Japan in 1995 alone. And they were F2, Fright Flight at Nasu Highland. Blackout. Uh, Blackout at Suzuka Circuit and Hurricane at Rasutsu Resort. And then, yeah, Fright Flight came later. And then um, there's an expanded model of this, which is a 765-meter model with a bonus helix, mm-hmm. um, which I have yet to ride one, but there is one in the States now, so I have to go ride it's it. It's funny, bonus helix is actually a phrase coined by TPR. Oh, really? We say it very matter-of-factly. Well, bonus helix is an RCDB, too. But, like, I no, is it, it doesn't say bonus helix, it yeah, just it says with helix. Oh, I call it bonus helix. <laughs> no, that's, I literally put in the show that's, notes that's, that's, bonus helix Rob is the Albie actual name. Up, Rob Albee came up with bonus helix. And well, I Rob Albee, it's and, and people say it like it's part of, like it's Yeah, I literally put it in the lexicon, show notes as bonus helix. Like it's a technical term, and it's like, that's a TPR term. Well, either way, there's one to stay now, so I gotta go ride it. That's, that's right. Napuko Air, Air Coaster, Coaster, which is relocated from Rotunga Junction. And it has a nano coaster, which we should buy. That is cute. I would love to have an SLC nano. And then uh, for helix. Europeans, uh, Blue Tornado Ed. Um, Gardaland is a good option to ride. Uh, unfortunately, um, the one in Australia at Warner Brothers Movie World, the Arkham Asylum Shark Therapy, is now officially demolished and closed. Oh, yeah, that was one of the 1995 installations. And there's another one you can ride in Europe, and that's Jaguar Isla Magica, which is located in Spain. Um, if it was only more conveniently located, I would probably ride it at some point. Oh, yeah, then the one in Egypt. Which also is not perfectly located. Is, right has the helix. And then we have the 787 meter model. That's the extended model. And there, this one is actually, I think, the coolest model because it kind of takes the first half of the traditional um, SLC. And then a second halfway through, it kind of goes underneath the lift hill. And then it continues the rest of the ride on the other side of the lift. It's, it's like a, it looks almost like a custom model, but it's, it's been cloned. Um, unfortunately, there's only one that's still operating, which is Vortex at CL Amazing Park, located in Thailand. And then there's one in Suzhou Amusement Land, which was supposed to be converted to a giant aviary, but that didn't happen. That's, mm-hmm. like, that's stuff just sitting there yeah, unattended. Yeah, you heard that, right? Um, that's <laughs> been Lubicose. It had a really cool tunnel through this like rock in the mountain. They did the most of that ride, and it's honestly so, so cool. And I'm really bummed that I haven't ridden that. Even though, because we have been close to this ride. Like, if it was still open when we went to Sucho, we would have 100% ridden it. Like, it would have probably been a priority for me. But yeah, the um, one, the, the Pusing Langi is what opened in 97, and, and the park ordered this ride with the unique uh, shaping of it. Just Put a record, that's, that's not a Vortex, yeah. Supposedly, there was some... There was some quirk with the way the park was laid out that they wanted to do the ride shaped this way. I mean, it looks like it's sitting on just an ordinary plot of land, but I'm sure their their reasons are what they were. But yeah, I kind of like this. Like it's sort of like a sort of like unfolding a paperclip. Yeah, if you go to <laughs> if you go to RCB or are looking at, you can see that the layout is um, is quite neat. So at this point. The rollover is kind of like completely the edge of the ride. Like, you know, you have your steep drop into the rollover, followed by the high turn into the um, sidewinder. Sidewinder. When the sidewinder goes in the opposite direction, it has that, that helix there. And the, yeah, the helix is And so the helix is definitely a different shape on this, and so is the sidewinder. 
and then you do your double um, in inline twist, and then after that you have have a giant swooping turn underneath the lift hill, followed by um, kind of like a drop into the next helix, and then it's your break line. So it's it looks basically like a the really, helix really model, 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 but like unfolded and. And then they get a rockwork version of it at the one in Sucho. I am so bummed that it doesn't exist anymore. It looked mm-hmm. really good in 2013 too. Like, if you look at the picture of it, they gave it a complete like refresh in 2013. It only lasted until 2017. And the so. positioning of it on the water was so uh, cool. gorgeous, gorgeous, super sad. Yeah. Anyway, I think this is actually the park that got replaced with um, the new park in Sucho that has Hurricane, that is the fastest magma yeah. coaster. So that's cool. Uh, anyway, let's not um, drag it on too much. Next is the um, 671-meter Shenlin coaster. Now, Shenlin, I don't exactly know why it's called Shenlin, but there's all, there's two of them. That's Roller Coaster Database labeled it as such because one of the English translations for the Happy Valley invert in Shenzhen that we rode was Shenlin. But that may or may not have actually been an no, accurate is, uh, translation. Is that really why it's called that? Yeah. Anyway, there's only one operating anymore, and that's Kumali at Flamingo Land, which I think if people listening to this have written it, it's probably that one. And then there's one that we rode in um, Shenzhen, which is is the the Snow Mountain Flying Dragon. This is the one. This is why it's called Shenlin. Because Happy Valley was on this kick, and we'll talk about the next one in a second. They were on this kick of building these unique layouts. Um when they were first building the Happy Valley Parks, which are kind of like the OG um, Chinese regional parks. Yeah, the layout itself, um, I, I actually think I prefer this layout over the um, the OG. Um, and it's because it's uh, it feels very grand. It doesn't do as much. But I love the grand. helix dive. So, like, you have your drop. It's, it's like a giant helix drop into a vertical loop, which I really enjoy that, on, on you know, because it feels different than yeah. other SLCs. Um, that is followed by a Cobra roll, followed by a Zero-G roll. Just everything this ride does... Is not done on other SLCs, which I think is the best part of it. Um, and then that's followed by a singular helix into a brake run. Not very long, the ride. Um, but the helix is like it's like a giant elevated fan helix. Uh, just say helix doesn't, doesn't describe it well. Yeah. It's like a giant fan turn helix. It's almost like an inclined loop that's very and flat. And this model was launched because Vekoma was trying to like rebrand themselves and step away from the reputation that they had developed from the original SLC layout. I remember when they were building the Kumali at Flamingo Land, and they were very excited about offering uh, like a, a smooth a, a ride that would be a much smoother version of the, the Traumatizer yeah. and Blackpool because that was the standard SLC layout, the only one in Great Britain. Um, but yeah, I, I like these rides; they're I, they they are just wonderfully fluid and flowy. We and have then, this ride to thank for mainland China's obsession with not only Vekoma SLCs, but SLCs knockoff SLCs yeah. that have this exact layout of which there's like, or, or other layout. There's dozens of Because we can't forget SLCs. that um, the other Shinlin models with the, an extra helix, uh, which are 748 meters long, almost the longest in the uh, Vekoma loopers, uh, they are also both the Happy Valleys. You've got Dragon and Clouds, which is located at Happy Valley in Chengdu, and they've got Golden Wings over the snowfield, if that isn't the most Chinese oh, name, yeah. um, located at Happy Valley, Beijing, which we're hoping to get on this year. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be fun to ride. Uh, but yeah, so the, um, the OG of these two is the Golden Wings over the snowfield. And so after you, same layout, of course, as the previous Shenlin model we discussed, but after you have that giant fan turn helix, you have another bonus helix, almost like a figure eight. Um, really cool, and I love that ride model from a distance, and hopefully I get to love it up close soon. 
And then, of course, there's two custom ones. Great Nor'easter counts only in the fact that it has a completely custom support structure, slightly different way of shaping the elements to fit it into a pier and around a bunch of water Was slides. Was that not like one, one of your favorite coasters of 2023? Oh, my God. I love Great Nor'easter. That must be actually, I think, my favorite SLC. I don't even think. I think it's for real. Yeah. It's such SLC. a great ride. And then there's Odyssey, which I also look forward to riding, hopefully this year, um, in the UK. And that is a giant custom one that almost feels like it should be its own category because it has those unique traits. It's more of like an – it's like a giant inverted like, boomerang, but – And, and the SLC had a baby. Yeah. 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 It's like Kamali had a baby with a with, with, with jib and then boom, that thing popped out. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, look at that for yourself. Great layout, very tall drop. Emma and Rosie said it's terrifying. Because they hung up there <laughs> while the ride broke down. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anywho, next is the suspended family coaster. Taming it down a little bit. I'm going to try and speed this up because y'all probably tired of me hearing talk yeah. about Fakoma. We're just coasters. very passionate. Um, the suspended family <laughs> coaster, there is the 294 meter model. Two of them exist Jimmy Neutron, Atomic Flyer, and Steel Lasso. These feel very unique because the, it uses a track bed that looks more like a Fakoma Kitty Coaster upside down than it does like a traditional Fakoma suspended mm-hmm. coaster or family suspended coaster. I um, love the layout though. Really cute. Great fit for both parks that they're in. I love that the vehicles kind of swing just yeah, very just slightly. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Really just for comfort purposes. And then you have the 342 meter model, which is seven of them, mostly thanks to the Cedar Fair. Yeah. Um, there's Bad Lagoon. Which is nicely forested, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then this is this model is actually the exact same layout as the Fakoma Junior Coaster, the bigger version of it that we had discussed in the previous episode, except for it's inverted. It's the and inverted it flight weird, like, drift. Yeah, it uses like a weird canopy support structure that like they can suspend the complete helix in one support. Really cool. It's very I do like that like. part. It's yeah. very tree like. I think the Madagascar one. That was at um, Dream World, Dream World was Polkos. actually themed to be like a giant tree. Yeah. Uh, and then the Cedar Fair ones that probably most of us have, li- have written is the Kitty Hawk at Carowinds, Silver Street at Canada's Wonderland, Flying Ace, Aerial Chase at King's Island. The OG. The OG. Which I rode shortly after it opened, and I was beside And I think it's close one near us, because Legoland had one. Flight School. That's right. That's yeah, now, Flight School Which I love the, the, little, the little lights they did on the lift on It stuff. was cute. It was cute. We're both in the aviation industry, so we love when roller coasters are themed to commercial aviation. Um, and then you have the 375 meter model, which is a brand new model, um, and there's currently two of them. One is under construction, and the other one is the Dino's Wonder Dino. model, um, which I heard good things about. I haven't written it yet. I can't believe you have a place in New York City and you haven't even been to Coney Island yet. I know. To ride the roller coasters. And now I'm going to leave in the summer and do it. <laughs> Eventually. Okay. Someday. <laughs> I love Coney Island. I'll get it this year. I'm pretty convinced I'll get it this year. Um, and then next on our list of um, these family spinner coasters is um, the 395 model, which has, there's seven of them. Kvasten is, I think, the original, right? It's the OG, yeah. It is the one. It's designed around Grunelund's various space constraints. Of course, for Orlando visitors, Freedom Flyer at Fort Fun, sorry, Fort Fun. Fort Fun, Fun Spot Fun Orlando Spot. is one of those. Fighter mm-hmm. the Sarah Sauce, whatever. Flight of the Sarasaurus? <laughs> Flight of the Pterosaur. The Pterosaur. Uh, <laughs> At Palton's Park? Palton Park. Palton's Park. Um, is one as well. Um, and then there's 13 of the 453 meter models, which are the newer models. Um, like Orkanen is the original. Uh, Farup Summerland. Then you have Dragonflyer. Dollywood. Dollywood. Waterworld Super World Gold Coast is adding the Wizard of Oz Flying Monkeys roller coaster. Mm-hmm. That is not the name of it, but yeah, that is what it's the themed theme. to. You'll find these throughout Europe and 
China, especially. They're very popular. Yeah, there's a bunch of Fanta Wild ones. The Fanta Wild Parks have built Love up. Building them. Responsible for, I think, half of these installations. Yeah, pretty much half the episodes following is all yeah. Fanta Wild. Anyway, then there's a 550-meter version, which there is one at Mistral, which... So that's the oh, name this of it. is the family coaster that's repl- that's going to where um, La Freya was. Yeah, and it's actually the longest suspended family coaster from Vacoma yet, but we don't know the layout yet. But yeah, it's going to uh, Mexico City. Well, good for her. Um, next up is the MK700. There's just only four of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have not ridden one, but these are a couple that you may know about. It's just a custom layout. It's um, inline seating, so one and one. Um same seating as the Vacoma Revolution. Exactly. It's like, like a Bobbiano. It's essentially... The Revolutions are essentially the same product line as this, but organized differently for marketing purposes, I think. And then Hornets uh, at Wonderland in Amarillo was originally... At Astroworld. Astroworld. The Mind, Mindbender. Was moved not too far away. Megablitz at Vienna Prater is awesome. It's an icon. It's like a staple there. Would have been a great... It's a very compact ride that is a great outdoor ride, but would have made a great indoor coaster, too. Exactly. It's very helixy. I feel like from looking at it, it's, it looks like something that a park would have bought to make their Space Mountain-type roller coaster like Astroworld did with uh, my Mindbender. And then the big, giant, scenic one. Yes, there's Tomfa at Popsico, yeah. Uh, and then the MK900 models, um, there's four of them. Um, the two most notable ones are Vogelrock, at Efteling and the never-ending the Temple, <laughs> Temple of, of the, the Lift Hill, <laughs> Crazy Bats, at Fantasia Lons. Um I think Volvoog is a really spectacular ride. And Very comfortable. Tibi Davo's ride. coaster is Tibi also coaster. an MK900, even though it's not organized elsewhere. Yeah, that is a spectacular ride, too. The Fabulous view. ride. Just a great ride. Um, a boomerangs, there's 53 of them. You have been in a boomerang. So many. You've seen a boomerang. Only thing I want to discuss about the boomerang in this episode is how legendary it was for the industry and how it was like a nail in the coffin for Arrow very early on. Because suddenly a regional park, a big park, a small park, it didn't matter who won it one, could build a space efficient six looper that went backwards and forwards, had tall drops. I mean, it was the dream machine of the industry. And, it, and it's sold like hotcakes. And it's still being sold to this day. It's still being sold. Parks in China are still building Of course, they're smoother now. Now you can add MK1212 to it, to the mix, like yeah. Wallaby Holland did, with Speed of Sound, and they're really comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I think, one of the most important roller coasters in the roller coaster history of the world. And again, I don't want to list all the models, but that's what I want to say about I it. Never, I never miss a boomerang. Like, there is a reason that the first ever Aero Corsu, the first ever modern inverting coaster, was replaced by <laughs> a boomerang. It's very symbolic. Very symbolic. I mean, and this ride just like highlighted the visionary nature of Vacoma. They had just started building roller coasters. This is one of the first things. There's a that reason they that they went ahead and did their own thing without Aero because. They didn't need Arrow. They it really was, didn't. Like, the whole... Arrow needed to The reverse lift hill, and then, like, the forward lift hill that would, like, drop into the track to allow the ride to... I mean, just just brilliant. Like, really... Smart. Brilliant. Very smart. Applications of their technology to create this ride that it was so, so ahead of its time. It's I mean, it's basically timeless. The fact that this ride went to market in 1982, and... By the and then in the late nineties and early two thousands, I mean they were they were being prolifically added everywhere throughout the throughout the industry and to this day are still being added. Um, the SLC is 
also still being installed. I think the fact that we have Queen Cobra uh, as recently as 2017 and... Well, don't forget Mayan, uh, Coaster Mayan at Energylandia. Yeah. Queen Cobra is the most recent one, though. I thought so. Yeah. Um, Um, Anyway, (laughs) speaking of boomerangs and Invertigoasters, the next up is the Invertigo. Only four of them, but also very revolutionary. Face-to-face seating was meant to be a launched Invertigoaster. Didn't quite work out that way. Um, coasters that are still around that are in Vertigo's are Diabolique at Movieland Park in Italy and Vertigo at King's Island, which is that my favorite coaster at King's Island? Yeah. Possibly. Um, and Trio no at no Bajatel. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much the exact same as a boomerang, but inverted and you're facing face to face. Um, very comfortable when it comes to the catch cars and drop tracks. However, the vertical loop is actually faced outward because the support structure is so wide that it couldn't face it inward. Yeah. So the boomerang, the original boomerang, the loop goes into the infield. As we're here, it leaves the, out, it, yeah. it leaves the infield. Yeah. Um, but that's just like a super little nerdy detail. I um, There's one more of, you know, the suspended boomerangs, but we'll discuss that yeah. in a little bit. <laughs> and Vertigo at Great America was a childhood favorite of mine. It was legendary. And such a cool addition for a park that already had a B&M invert. You had two inverted coasters, massive yeah. inverted coasters that were very unique in their appeal and a great uh, a great response to Marine World opening an SLC and a boomerang. Great America was like, well, we're going to open a coaster that's both. So how do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> um, and now it's a parts donor for King's Island. <laughs> and then there is the Splash Party, which the only one that Splash is around party. is Bandit Bomber Yas Waterworld. Yas. Yas. um and the nice thing is about this ride this ride is that i feel like it belongs everywhere like um knock knock volcano bay why isn't there a bandit bomber at your park yeah why isn't there a roller coaster that goes around volcano bay that you get let you splash people please super fun yeah um another one-off is big air at eda theme park um just honestly it looks like it it looks like a giant inverted boomerang tower. It's like two yeah. of them, like far apart from each other. And all it does is just like a big drop. Like it's literally just like get big air time. Yeah. it. Like just big drop, a big shuttle. A big standard Meant half to have coaster. spinning seats yeah. or spinning vehicles. Yeah, the vehicles would do 180s at the peaks. It was also called the Hammerhead Stall. If people remember that from 20 years ago when Fort Park um, actually had announced one and then it was canceled and they built Colossus instead. Um, <laughs> quite, but, yeah, quite the redirection. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> and then so there was the Enigma model, which I have not written one, but you've done the Walking it's Dead just a Vacoma, It's just a Vacoma family coaster, basically, but again, marketing. It was in, well, it's an indoor to, to be coaster. More, marketed to be more like an like yeah, like indoor coaster from Vacoma. The whole product like the was Walking indoor. Dead, or, well, ours, it was still No Way Out when I wrote it no for Park, but yeah. it's like, just it's a, it's a roller skater in a building, basically. Nothing crazy, but again, well marketed. Um, and then there's two of them. The other one is Dark Ride at Dream Park. Then there's Swinging Turns, which there's three of them, which was actually one of those Vacoma Aero projects where Vacoma was in charge of building the layout, building the track, and then Aero's mm-hmm. going to supply the, the trains, and that was that. And their agreement was that Aero would build all of the custom suspended coasters and Vacoma would handle manufacture the of the production model. So there's three of them. Dreamcatcher, Bob and Yanland, which we've written. Delightful, right? Um, awesome ride. Actually received Vacoma suspended um, trains that are also found on the kitty suspenders. Um, and, and, then, and Vampire at Chessington, those trains. True, yep. yep. 
And then, which Ninja, <clears throat> imagine Mount, if it doesn't get demolished for him, please post her. That would be a great those. solution. Um, <laughs> Grandpa's Jet admits to a Greenland, which you're hoping to ride this year. Yeah. Um, Still has the arrow has, trains. has like the Orca themed arrow trains, which are just regular arrow trains painted. Uh, and then Sky Coaster at Dreamworld in Thailand is also swinging turns. Uh, layout is pretty trains. simple. Yep. It has, um, it feels very much like a production model, where after the lift, though, you have kind of like, a, like not a super tall drop, um, pretty scenic, followed by a couple of swinging turns, literally as the wow. name yeah. suggests, and then followed by like three giant helices um, that are separated by a turn. Which then make their way over to the to the it's end. Very of efficient, I actually compact like that layout. Yeah, I have no hate. Um, and then there is the illusion, which there are two of them, and Revolution at Bobbiyanland is the only one remaining, because the other one was at was Chaos um, at Opryland. Opryland, and Chaos wasn't even was the same layout, but it had a train that was fifty percent larger. It was, quieter? it was a 30-vehicle train. It was even longer 20, than, yeah. than Revolution? Yeah. Because Revolution has the world's longest roller coaster train, but yeah. it is a 24 seats? 20. 20. 20 vehicles. It can hold 40 people, but Opryland had 30. That's so crazy. Isn't that crazy? I can't even imagine like needing more capacity, but Opryland was in it to win it at the time. Um, and it's basically an MK900. Yeah, so if you don't know what exactly this ride is, it's just... Um, it's a giant show building. It is meant to be one singular scene that you, you ride the walls of the show building all the way up in like a spiral helix kind of mode. However, it's like turn straight, turn straight, turn straight, all the way up to the top. And then there's a giant screen at the bottom and a giant screen at the top. And there's like a show scene going on. They're playing the classic one on Revolution right now. It's kind of like, you know, trippy, like a clock ticking and whatever's going on. And I believe it was the same for our Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then following it is the roller coaster part where you're actually coasting, and that is not very spectacular. But since the train is so long, you go through all these little tunnels that are on the outside. On the outside, there's like pretty much like two parallel walls on the yeah. outside of the show building, and in these really tiny, thin walls of yeah. what is left of the show building, there's it's a you show spiral building. down with like drops and stuff. It's like a show building, and then like a shell outside of the show building, and within and those in walls, in between the building and the shell is the coaster portion of the coaster. So it's really just narrow-ass, like, little, you know, hallways where the coaster is going through to make its way all the way back It's down. such a huge show building, and a vast majority of it is just, just empty space. Yeah, it's just a show scene. To yeah. play up the drama of the of the movie. But being it's played. so unique, and it's so different, that I love this model. I think it's so cool. And, and the, I understand... The Hewitt's finale builds. at the end is great. Because oh, at the yeah. very end, it pokes yeah, back into right. the center of the... And like right where like the big screen is at the bottom of the big scene is where you go by and yeah. helix. When they first yeah. opened, they were screens on top and bottom, and it was sort of like a, it was. It reminds me of like what Circle Vision was doing, like with Disney, where like the center of the screen had a little hole with a projector. Both screens, but you couldn't really notice it. Had both had the same yeah. hole in the center, and both projected at each other. Um, the lower screen on both installations were removed after a few years because the vibrations of the finale of the helix going around it kept damaging the system and like damaging the screen. So like for the Bobby online one, they moved to a, like a practical effect scene there at the end as, as the, uh, as the component with like probably with shock absorbers for the projection for the camera so that when it projects up at the ceiling, it doesn't like come out all wonky looking. Yeah. Um, I think this is one of my favorite rides. It's just so I, unique. I love know? Bobby It was online. very like, I feel like almost like in the Space Mountain or Rock and Roller Girls of Ages. It was just, 
a really nice The fact that Bobby Online has option. this and Dreamcatcher, I just love that place. I know. It's not too familiar. I love their Bacoma goodies. And they have goodies. a horse pedala who mentioned the last yeah. episode. So it's almost kind of like they a really unique Facoma. I love the that. And the Facoma family, the Okie dokie. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is a nice Facoma. It's a great Facoma part. And it's all very unique Facomas. And it's real, real close to the Facoma factory, too. Yeah. Alrighty. So, um, next up is the Power Coaster, which is only one of them. Casey Jr. at Disneyland Paris. Which we rode a couple weeks ago. And it's the very first application of Disney's now ubiquitous Sobot system. On it's really board cute. Audio. I almost feel like yeah. I want Anaheim's to be replaced with that. It's such a cute ride. I love that ride. Really, it's just kind of like a Facoma family coaster with, like, obviously the little charge And, like, don't miss it. It's a big ride. It's big. It goes all the way about... Around um, their um, outdoor dark ride, water yeah, ride. Yeah, their storybook land canal boat version, La Pai de Conte de Fee. And um, <laughs> last but least of these old models. Last but least. Wild Mouse. And there's only one of these Wild Mouse. It was the Alton Mouse. It was originally built Tower for Mouse. the Prodder, I believe. Oh, really? And then it went to Alton And then it went to Alton Towers. And now, and now it's, it's an Idlewild. Wild. And apparently it doesn't run super consistently. Oh, uh, it's not really open? Yeah. Oh, that's I sad. hear people getting having a hard time getting it, but I know people who got the credit this past year. So now we have gotten to the New Age models. And the first one we'll be discussing is the Renegade model, which is called Invincible Warriors, located in Fenta Wild Land in Taicho. And this model um, has a lift-off followed by a really steep, twisting drop, and then a giant stall, and then a, just a ton of loads of ground elements, including a bunch of airtime hills and a couple of inversions. Looks very swoopy, uh, much in the vein of most of the new Facoma uh, models. And then, yeah, the uh, Wildcat model, which is um, at Far Oak Summerland as Phoenix. Again, it's a lot of these designs um, use the same kind of method. They have like one big drop and like one giant inversion of sorts. The, uh, the one here, Phoenix, has, like, a big stall loop that, like, twists out at the end. It looks so cool. And we've written it. So there's actually – well, we haven't, but our team has written it. Yeah. So we have that on, on thecoastgames.com, mm-hmm. yeah. too. And then one of the first models they came out with was actually the Firestone model. There's two of them. Uh, one is um, – And this is a launched model. Yeah. One is still under construction. And then the one that's already open is Wrath of Zeus at Finn Wanders. And this starts off with a – almost like a spiral – into a top hat followed by like a spiral out of it instantly like, like iconic almost crazy how iconic it is and then it has like really low to the ground really fast elements like the drop out of the top hat is also a uh, almost like zero g roll elements out of it um very cool it has vertical loop it has a corkscrew a bunch of like fast helices again it's all very much in the same thing i love models. that this one has a vertical loop too. yeah i think so too yeah, this is kind of like like most of these models that we're going to be talking about. They're all just very swoopy and fast and quick and almost like a new generation. Lots of positive Gs. Very specifically for Coma. No other mm-hmm. manufacturers doing this kind of stuff right now. And then Lech Coaster at um, Lechendia in Poland was like the first – it opened in 2017. It, it was like the first – like documented foray into this generation of Vacoma rides – it has a fabulous, like, almost vertical twisting drop in immediately into a sidewinder that's, like, half the height of the lift hill. So, like, the G-forces are super strong on that. And then, like some of the like most of these other models, once you finish that first drop, first inversion combo, it's a lot of low-to-the-ground stuff. Lots of zero-G rolls, barrel rolls, quirk screws, helixes, airtime. Um, the one, uh, Lech is, I think, one of its most famous gags is that 
corkscrew through the station. Yeah, like Phoenix. Zero yeah. Roll type thing. Yeah, Phoenix does it too. It's kind of like the Vacoma's answer to the signature GCI station fly through. Exactly. <laughs> And so um, the next model is actually kind of two models in one. You've got the space warp and the hyperspace warp. So the space warp, um, which we know from Formula and Energylandia, is um, a launch coaster that starts off with a sidewinder, and the end of it, the course shoe, is almost like a drop to all the way to ground level. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just a bunch of hopping around, airtime moments, helices, and two additional course screws. And then there's a hyperspace warp version of it, and that actually just includes a lifto with a vertical drop instead of having the launch for it. And there's actually more of the hyperspace warps ones because there's four installations at the Oriental Heritage Parks from Fanta Wild, including Celestial Gauntlet, Circus Carnival, Flying Dragon, and Stag Carnival. So honestly, all really cool different names and themes, which is pretty typical yeah. of this So if you want to ride the launch space warp, you have to go to Energy Land And if you want to ride the lift hill version, you have to go to Mainland China to one of the Oriental Heritage. And for the following coast, if you want to ride it, um, you also have to go to Mainland China because that is the Top Gun launch coaster. There's six of them, and all of them are at Phantom Wild Parks. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen videos of pictures of these because they're all themed to be on a giant aircraft launch carrier. And um, they are really short trains. So I love this model. Two eight car trains, trains, eight yeah. passengers. You launch off of the edge of a of a you know aircraft carrier, and then the layout is honestly pretty wild. It has a lot of really rolling inversions that you could not do with a longer train. Yeah. And then um, it has a mid-course brake run just to kind of space up in order to operate like that. I highly doubt any Chinese park operates in the way you need that. <laughs> but um, that is what the model yeah, calls for. Yeah, if you want to ride this, get ready to like wait in line for one train operations on an eight-passenger train roller coaster. Exactly. But I think this is one of the coolest um, new models the that they have right yeah. now. Um, and there's currently three already open. They're all called fighter jet, and then there's three more they're building that haven't opened yet. I love the, but they're also probably the top that. hat of sorts. It's really just like a double. Yeah, the top hat's like a double inversion. So like you invert going up, thing, and then you correct yourself on top, and you're straight up, and then and then you, dive you down. do it again, diving down. And then there's yeah. just a lot of airtime. Yeah, um, a really really cool model, but yeah. definitely very different actually from the other one so far, mm-hmm. which is kind of yeah. nice. Um, and then there's the family launch coaster, which we probably most people are most familiar with, uh, Big Bear Mountain at Dollywood. Which we haven't actually made it up there to ride it yet, but we will eventually. And then there is um, a couple more, including um, Lightning and Akia, uh, if I pronounce that right. Lightning is cool because you get to go through twice. That's right. Yeah, yeah. you go much faster. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then there's the Super Boomerang. The Super Boomerang! I'm so excited for this. So, Phantom Wild Wonderland's Cloud Shuttle opened at the end of last... Or, I guess, the end of... It opened... Actually, it opened, like, mid-2023, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which provided a very exciting visual aid for when Six Flags Great Adventure shocked the world with the announcement of Flash Vertical Velocity, um, the first next-generation Vacoma looping coaster in the United States... This ride, to me, seems like such a fabulous um, homage to the past, present, and future of what Vacoma is developing. It's got everything. Vertical drops, tons of airtime, lots of inversions, hang time, positive Gs, multiple LSM launches. Um, it's just, it just seems so cool. Like, I cannot wait. Of all the rides opening in 2024, like, this is the one that I think I'm the most excited for. Yeah, Truly. I think in our 2024 episode, we also, yeah, I think I mentioned this as well. We talked about it quite a bit. Before. Yeah. Um, and then for this next model, it's so a dive pretzel coaster. There's really not much information about it. Um, it's, it's 640 meters long, it's pretty much all we know. It's supposed to go to the Great Mall of China, but it's in storage. So 
who knows what the layout is. It's in storage, probably with that motorbike coaster. It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there is the family boomerang line, which is also part of like, the new age Tacomas. Um, I think Drayton Manor was the very first to have one. I still remember Ben Sand being like, so cool. I was like, wow, it's I so remember, different yeah. and unique. When I wrote that, it was um, like, I think that was a really good move on yeah. Drayton Manor's um, behalf. But uh, currently, there's a bunch of them. So there's the 185-meter model, which is uh, just like a small original model. And then you have the rebound models, 21 of them. That's like the figure eight one. Yeah, right? pretty much. Yeah. The Snoopy Soapbox Racers at Kings Island will be one. And, and there are several of them. Angelandia has one. Polton Spark has one. And they've, you know, there's 21 of them. Yeah. That's like the most there, common yeah. model. They've got um, Spirit, which is three of them, Light Explorer at Angelandia, and Salvin at Fab Up This is like the out and back model. Yeah, so, so like it just kind of skips around. Out. I kind of look at it like it's skipping over the water, exactly yeah. as the Angelandia one kind of does. Um, but it really isn't doing much. You just have your vertical draw, like your vertical lifto back, and you know your vertical stick at the end, and then some couple skips in between. Um, Tweestride, there's actually two of them, believe it or not. Tweestride um, is by far the coolest, I think, of family boomerang because it's a racing family boomerang coaster. I love it. Um, which the original and the only one currently operating is found in Emmen, the Netherlands, at Wildlands, at the zoo, and then they are building another one, which is going to come to. Wonder World Super World, the Gold Coast is part of the, the Wizard the sorry the Wizard the Wizard of Oz world um, themed to um, the tornado kind yeah, of like probably, in yeah. the Kansas. It will be a like compliment the, to the family invert that they're also yeah. building with the flying monkeys. And all these are replacing another Vekoma. Yeah. So it's like Vekoma. They're all replacing there. the the Helix edition of the 1995. Kind of a nice full circle moment, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. totally. Um, the best case scenario for when some when your client right, demolishes your ride, we'll build three new, build three new coasters. coasters. Yeah, um, and then there is uh, four custom ones out there, and Good Gravy coming to Holiday World is also going to be a custom family boomerang. And next up, we have the suspended thrill coaster. So Halls of Kopf at um, Olympus Park Tripstrill in Germany, fabulous ride. Um, just a great example of what Bacoma has been up to lately. Uh, doesn't feel at all like an SLC. Really, it feels... A lot of that ride highlights are the laterals and airtime hills. It's got three different zero-G roll corkscrew-type moments and then, like, uh, an uh, Immelman-type thing also. But I think the biggest highlight is the way that it's intertwined with their custom family, Vekoma Boomerang. That's right. Um, and another suspended thrill coaster custom Vekoma family boomerang installation duo will be coming to Emerald Park uh, in uh, Dublin. That's right. <laughs> and it's, you're right. This suspended thrill coaster feels nothing like an SLC. The focus is not on inversions. The focus is on like inverted airtime and like weird swoops and turns and um, the it's best, a completely different kind of The feel. best moment was that second or th- the third inversion second twist roll where it twists out and then goes in the opposite direction. Oh, and yeah. Like and like that tiny little wheelings. At exiting yeah. out of the twist. That was my favorite part. Great, great, right. A great I mean, have a whole ride. episode on our Lipness Park Trips Trail if you want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is from our season yeah, four. Solid exit. I hope, down, I hope we get one of those in the States. Oh, I my God. I'm surprised. Well, I'm surprised you don't yeah. have one, but China's so many. We have so many inverts in the States already. I know the market is saturated, but hopefully somebody somewhere... We'll build one. And then the last <laughs> of the new models is actually the Tilt Coaster, and I think, but that already existed, which is true. Um, but um, both Circuit Breaker coming to Coda Land and Iron Rattler coming to Tiklas K- Kedia, which Iron Rattler has that first ever double zero G roll where yeah. you do two inversions and one zero G roll. Mm-hmm. Crazy shit. I wish we had her here. And they're. 
the drop on there is it's like a spiral drop too. It is a spiral drop. Oh, that one looks so cool. Too bad it's, it's already fin- almost finished construction. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, yeah, circuit- Google pictures of it. I'm sure you can find. Quite circuit a bit breaker of it. is yeah. beginning vertical construction. The pieces are on site. Now it's just a question Black. of when. Yeah, yeah, hopefully it opens. Hopefully and then you have written the OG, and then I wrote Gravity Legends, Max. And why am I list? It's a really fun ride, but I mean, it kind of it it's it's a little gimmicky. It's very like diminishing returns because the obviously the highlight of the experience is the tilt drop. You dive into an underground tunnel that's just a really sh- like powerful z- like dirt turn, like just a, a big swooping U turn, and then into a vertical loop, and then into a double helix, and the ride is over. Um, I think the modern tilt coasters look like much better, more complete rides. I kind of liken it to the first generation of B&M dive coasters, where like the whole ride was the dive and then it was over. And now modern dive coasters have like, they start off as a dive, but they're really actually just modern looping coasters with lots of elements and acrobatics and positive Gs. It reminds me a little bit of like the B&M dive coaster, how it started off is just dive. That's yeah. it. Dive yeah. is the point. And now it's like, oh, the dive is there. Yeah. Sometimes we skip the dive because yeah. we really won't even have the holding brake on. Yeah. Emperor. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of inversions and yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 So I'm looking forward to like, cir- I really, really hope Circuit Breaker opens. Like, I don't care when it opens. I just want it to open. Yeah. So like, have please open. Please happen. Know. It just seems like too good to be true when they announced it. We were just like dying because the tilt looks awesome, but the whole layout looks amazing. Oh, yeah, Amazing. Yeah. So, it's, like a, it's like all these coasters we yeah. discussed in one with a two. Yeah. yeah. So. And we're going to finish the episode up with a classic, beloved, I think, favorite overall. We have to, this is like, this ride like represents us as a brand. Oh, totally. In the same way that Tron and Hyperspace Mountain represent us as a brand. And that is the... It's the giant inverted boomerang. Boom. Boomerang. <laughs> boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is by far our favorite Facoma model, I think. Yeah. Um, the production just, models. It's just like, tits to the wall crazy. Like, it's just... And every time, it's like, wow, I can't believe they built this. Every time wow, we ride Stuntfall, we are terrified and... And I must say, we are enamored. lucky. Because we've done a lot of... Beat. We have done quite a few of these. Like, there's only six of them. And we have done, of course, Deja Vu when I'm still at Magic Bound. We've done Aftershock at um, Silverwood. Silverwood. We have done Stuntfall. We've done all these quite a few and times. And we, we did Goliath. So we did New Jer- Deja Vu. In, we both did Deja Vu in both of its locations. Yep. So I guess I've done four because I'm going to count the weird train situation at New England. Because <laughs> Goliath was not very good. Goliath was unfortunate. Premier Rides, I love you, but that train sucked. And... It's, yeah, that was very tragic. Uh, the, the one, like, Stuntfall is still so much better. Yeah, Stuntfall we ride pretty regularly. I think at this point now we've been and ridden Stuntfall, is it like four separate visits? At least three. At least four separate visits. Because we had two visits back-to-back, and then we had two more visits this year. So we've oh, yeah, four yeah, visits, we did, yeah, you're right, we did. Yeah, um, we, we did two visits to that park just for Stuntfall, and then came back two more times for Batman. For Batman, yeah. But then, you, like, you come for Batman, you stay for Stuntfall. Basically. And stuff. I mean, so for those that maybe are just listening out of curiosity and aren't even that familiar with it, and you haven't pulled it up yet, a giant of a boomerang is a inverted roller coaster that drags you 200 feet up backwards, vertically, vertically, completely vertical, like hanging, dangling, 90 degrees, vertical, suspended, and then you drop, and you do that drop 200 feet, which is pretty much it's a hyper coaster, yeah. pretty much. For all intents, it's purposes. an inverted forward backwards hyper six inversion hyper coaster. And then you obviously have your, like, cobra roll, butterfly-looking cobra roll, which is a really unique cobra roll because it's so tall. It has, like, the giant half loops and then very sharp horse screws. 
It's very roller coaster tycoon. It's very roller coaster tycoon. Like uh, the Cobra Roll and Alpengeist is like what it reminds exactly. me of the most. And they have a giant vertical loop, but the way the loop is shaped, it's kind of circular. So it doesn't feel as much of a clothoid where like you're at the top of it and like quickly yeah. reduce. And that's because it has to traverse through that loop twice. So you're going to go through it with a lot, like different speeds in both ways. Mm-hmm. Because once you do that loop, yeah. you go through it slower than the next time. Because then you go up that yeah. vertical tower and you are in the second vertical tower, 200 feet tall, facing up to the sky. And you're being caught by the sketch car, which is strangely smooth but strangely terrifying. Yeah. And then you lift all the way up to the top and all you see is the sky around you because you are high up. Mm-hmm. Look to the sides, you are nowhere near the ground. You drop backwards, 200 feet. I think that is my favorite sensation of almost any roller coaster yeah, in the world. front row on the giant inverted Oh my ride god, I just can't have you think about it. Bliss. And you're just falling. And I still remember on the Deja Vu's, they had those crazy long seatbelts for some yeah. reason. They were like super long because they could check them yeah. easily. And so I still remember like when seatbelt was like floating like, in the flying air. flying away. Like, like, flying like away streamers in the wind. Like a streamer <laughs> next to you in the wind. Um, and then so you do drop backwards. And then you go through that loop a lot quicker because then the loop is the first element to follow versus being the last element. Yeah. They go back These to are the, heavy trains. They lose they speed very, very quickly. Trains. So they are. The, the, brick, the yeah. inversion experience going forward and the inversion experience going backward is very different because of how quickly they run out of speed. For sure. And then, you, of course, you have that cobra roll again, yeah. which is a lot, I think, more comfortable all the way back yeah. because you kind of hang through Because it. you're going so much slower. In fact, yeah. when you go, when you sit in the front row, mm-hmm. you, I feel like you have some time to appreciate the yeah. roll from upside down for yeah. a quick second because you are not going super fast. Because on the way out, you're, you, fi- you, you're flying you through blow it. into it so quick because you're in the front of the train and right. it's the first And on the way back, you're forward. the last car of the ride yeah. to make it back through the elements. And so right before you head back into the station, you kind of... Have, almost like a, like a Moral of the moment. story is that your front row experience and your back row experience are both fabulous for very different reasons, and yeah. the ride begs rerides. So I will say, just for just because the views, the front is just like fr- exactly. I think we agree that having the backwards drop at two hundred feet is even better than having the, the forward drop at, at two hundred feet, feet. Yeah, I agree. which is achieved in the front row. Funny enough, one of the most row. terrifying moments of the whole ride is actually the very end yeah. because you blow through the station again backwards. It doesn't actually slow you down at any point no. there. And you go all the way up that tower again, up the first tower, and in a moment that you're out of speed, you're already attached to a catch car, mm-hmm. so then suddenly it's just like, boom, you stop flying, and you just hang there. That's what's so crazy and about this And it sounds like a terrifying moment. Is that it has, all the brakes that it has are emergency brakes. Yeah. It, it does not use, brakes. Everything else it does not use brakes cars. during yeah. normal operation. It yeah. only uses catch cars. That's true. Oh, such an incredible ride. <laughs> oh, so incredible. I can't wait to go back. Me too. See me pick up a trip like mm-hmm. soon to go back. And it's fun. It's easier. Because of our jobs, it's easier for us to go to Madrid and ride it than it is for us to go to Washington State and ride and like go to Idaho, drive in from Spokane and ride it. So, But yeah. we do need to go to Silverwood again. Like, I know. Eventually. Yeah, Silverwood also runs really consistently. And I will say, of all the SLCs left, you've also got a Quantum Leap and Russia and God knows what runs. Yeah. Um and then there's the one at Jinjiang Action Park. I have tried four separate times to ride this coaster, and I still have not gotten on it. I have not Someday. gotten on it. Because I guess I've tried twice, because one time we got snowed out, yeah. and then the other time we yeah. went to the park and they were working on yeah. the charm. I had already tried twice when we went, and, and so hope, yeah. maybe fifth time's the charm. Um, but the maybe, nice yeah, maybe this it, year we'll get on it. What's nice about it is that it's in the middle of Shanghai. Like, you can always just swing by there on the metro to see if it's running. And yeah, if it's and not running, then, then oh well. Yeah. <laughs> Just take that weird like, yeah. tunnel with all the bikes in it. Yeah. That was so Dutch. You know the one. Um, and uh, anyways, that's our favorite. I think our favorite overall. Yeah. But I did want to end the episode with a little bit of a talk about Vacomas. Um, just some of our favorites that we have. Of course, Stonefall, we've already mentioned. 
Um, Good Diggs, you mentioned being one of her favorites. That includes Blue Hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, Colorado Adventure. Yeah. Great It was like the truest, oh my greatest custom. And if you didn't listen to our last episode, that was discussed last yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, Revolution. Obviously. Uh, Bobby Allen. That Wing. That Wing. Also discussed and, and last Firehawk, episode. Rip. And Vertigo, x Platform 13, Fly. Fly. Oh, Fly is so fly. good. Yeah. That's the last episode. Yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, of course, you got Hyper Space Mountain and Tron. Yeah. Um, those are our favorite Fakomas. We obviously love Fakomas. We're big fans. Um, yeah. I think um, their modern coaster, everyone's a big fan. I think they're heading the right way. But I even think their classic let's, stuff their is Their legacy legendary. coasters deserve recognition. recognition. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> recognition um, and with that, we're going to end this um, longer episode than usual. Um, all about Foucault, but this is part two. Once again, part two. Make sure you check out part one. Make sure you leave a good review, hopefully, anywhere that you will find us and wherever you're listening. And um, if you're not following us on Instagram and Facebook yet, do that. We post a lot of stuff about um, roller coasters, theme parks, pictures, cute stuff on there. And we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.